Thrive Church Online. Happy Mother's Day to you all. My name is Kathy and I'm going to be your online host for today. If you are new here, you are our VIP, so text NEW to 604-285-5770 and we will mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. Parents, don't forget to go to myfrive.info slash online to download the Thrive Kids activity. We love a proactive church, so let's give our moms some love in the chat room by typing Happy Mother's Day or just let them know how thankful we are for everything that they do. Or if you're watching with your mom today, go and give them a big hug. <laughs> we love to see your beautiful faces. So take a selfie of you and your mom watching today's service, post it on your social media using the hashtag ThriveChurchOnline. Are you ready for today's message? I'm going to now pass the time over to Pastor Shar and Pastor JB. See y'all later. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. This is my lovely wife, Charlene. We're pastors here at Thrive Church. It gives us great pleasure to welcome you to an extra special Sunday here at Thrive Church. And if this is your first time here at Thrive, then we want to especially welcome you because you are our VIP. And if I can ask you to take a moment and just type the word new and send it to 604-285-5770, or you can go to mythrive.info and click new to Thrive. We want to have your information because we have a Thrive brand stainless steel water bottle that we want to send to you just to thank you for joining us today. That's right. A massive welcome to all of you who are watching the service for the very first time. You are our VIPs. In fact, we have a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, in your chat rooms right now, would you just go and welcome people in that chat room right now? Just say, hi, everybody. Great to see you, everybody. Wherever you're watching the service around the world, let's welcome one another to church today. And if you're sitting in a place where you don't have to be physically distant from the person next to you, then feel free to give them a high five or a hug. And let's just welcome one another to church today. Wherever you're watching the service, a huge welcome to each and every one of you. You know, this past week has been an incredible week. Here in Vancouver, the government has started to lift some restrictions. And so I know hair salons are going to be opening very soon. Uh, in fact, today I you know, even called my hair salon stylist and I was like, hey, can I uh, get a haircut? She's like, uh, I, I, I'm going to wait until next year. And I was like, oh my goodness. And I was like, praise God, because I've got another hairstylist in my life. Her name is Pastor Charlene. And so praise God, God always provides. Uh, but we are so blessed to have you here today on this extra special Sunday, because today is Mother's Day. You know it's a special day when Pastor JB wears a suit, and we've done it just especially for all the moms, all the grandmas who are watching the service with us today. This one's for you. Ma, I hope you like it. And the fact is this, is that we have a special greeting to all of our moms. Wherever you're watching the service, this Mother's Day card is especially for you. And so if you're watching the service, could you say this out loud with me together to bless all of the moms and grandmas who are watching the service with us right now? Why don't you read this Mother's Day card with me right now. It's a blessing for mothers and grandmas. It goes like this. Dearest moms and grandmas, thank you so much for every way that you care for us, provide for us, put up with us, love us, support us, challenge us, and sacrifice for us. You are heaven's gift to us, and you are our pride and joy. May God bless you with health for your body peace for your mind, and hope for your heart. May God cause you and your whole family to thrive in every way. We love you, we're proud of you, and today
day, we celebrate who you are in our lives. Thank you for everything you do for us. Happy Mother's Day. Can we give a big shout to all of our moms, all of our grandmas today? Maybe you haven't received a Mother's Day card yet. That's our Mother's Day card, especially for you amazing moms. And you know, we know that Mother's Day is oftentimes a day filled with many mixed feelings, especially given the circumstances of this year. Maybe, you know, you really wanted to celebrate your, with your mom, but you're not able to be with her physically and uh, because of the COVID-19 restrictions. You know, I know that for myself, I've been looking forward to having my parents here next month flying in from Taiwan. And I'm praying really hard that the travel restrictions will be lifted by then because I really miss them and I want to see them. Or maybe today, you know, you're in this place and you're grieving the loss of someone that you love. Maybe it's a mom, maybe it's a grandma, maybe it's an aunt or a son or a daughter. Or maybe you thought that this would be the year that you become a mom, but things just didn't pan out that way. Can I tell you something? It's that God, there's a God in heaven who loves you so much and He has a plan, He has a purpose, and He has the destiny for you. So if you can relate to any of those things, then we want to pray for you. What we're going to ask you to do is you can go to the chat room and you can actually just click the request for prayer button and send the prayer to us because we would love, our team would love to pray for you. So do make most of that, that, that opportunity. If you need prayer, our team is waiting and we would love to pray for you in whatever situation you might be in today. Well, on this very, very special Sunday, we've got something very special to show you right now. Take a look at this very, very special video. Painting. Painting, nice. She is very good at eating and Chinese and math. Not giving up and cooking. Cooking! My mom's hidden talent is exercising. My mom's hidden talent is cooking and baking. Drying. Drying. My mom's hidden talent is being an amazing piano coach. I wouldn't know what to do without her. Watching Korean drama at midnight. <laughs> if my mom could be a animal, she would be a mother bear, so she could hug me and protect me. Um, um, mama bear. A mama bear. And I'm gonna be a baby bear. Okay. Dog. My mom would be a bird because a bird is nice and she is nice. My mother would be an owl because she is really wise. She would be a tiger. I don't know. Because she helps me with stuff that are hard, like math. She's nice to me. I love my mom because she lets us I love my mom because she is so kind. I love mommy because she eats ice cream with me and do silly things with me. I love my mom because she is my mom. No reason. I love my mom because she loves me and she cares for me so much. Mommy, I love you. I love you, Mommy. I love you, Mommy. Mommy, 
I love you. Happy Mother's Day. 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 What an incredible video that was. Those kids are so cute. Our Thrive kids are adorable. And the reason why they're so amazing is because they've got amazing moms who raise them. And we are just really, really excited to be celebrating Mother's Day with each and every one of you. By the way, speaking of amazing families, amazing kids, uh, we have some special news to share with you today is that this past week, Jason and Diane, they're two uh, beloved members of our Thrive Church family, they welcomed into their home a brand new baby boy. His name is Enzo. Love the name. Enzo, big congratulations to their family as they celebrate this amazing new arrival. A very big blessing to each and every one of them and their family as they celebrate this time. Well, right now, we're going to get into the Word of God right now. If you brought your Bibles, it's time to get them out. Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a phone you download the Bible into. Either way is cool. And so if you wouldn't mind doing this with me right now, why don't you hold up the, the Bible in the air like so. This is a fun way for us to get our hearts ready for the message. And so let's just say this together in a big loud voice. Say it with me. We're going to say, this, this is, is my Bible. Bible. It is God's, God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, on this very extra special Sunday. We've got an extra special person to be bringing the Word of God to us today. And in fact, usually I'll give some long introduction. I got to keep it short because she's standing right beside me right now. So let me just say this really quick. She's the reason why my kids are as good looking as they are. She's the reason why I'm the luckiest husband in the world. She's also the reason why Thrive Church is as blessed as we are because we wouldn't be here without her. And so would you please give it up for the one, the only, the beautiful, the brilliant Pastor Charlene. Let's give her a big hand right now. Thank you, Pastor JB, for that kind intro. You know, for me, it's truly an honor. It's my privilege. It's my joy to call Thrive Church my family. And, uh, and I'm just so thrilled to be here. And I can't wait till the day when I can see everyone back into the sanctuary. You know, over the last three weeks, we've been doing a series here at Thrive called Exodus, Hope for Hard Times. And we've been going through the book of Exodus and looking at one of the greatest escape stories in the history. And it's where Moses led two million Israelite slaves out of the land of Egypt. Now, before I get started today, I thought I would tell you guys a story. Does that sound good? I would tell you a story. And so I remember several years ago, there was one time when Pastor JB and I had um, you know, had gone out for lunch. And this was definitely before we had kids because we actually had time to go out for lunch. And uh, I remember, you know, we went out that day and we'd finished lunch and, um, and we just thought, you know, we have a little bit of time, so let's just go and run some errands. And so we decided that we would go to Staples because we were running a little bit short on just uh, supplies. And so we got to Staples, pulled into the parking lot, and I was feeling quite tired because uh, of the food coma. And so I said, Pastor JB, why don't you just kind of go in and I'm going to maybe just take a little short nap in the car. And so um, 
you know, I, uh, that's what I did. And so Pastor JB, just out of habit, he decided to close the door and lock the door and basically turn on the car alarm while I'm still in the car. And so I'm closing my eyes and I would say probably within five to 10 seconds, all of a sudden I have like this really strong smell in the car. And it's this smell of like, you know, a mixture of nitrogen and carbon dioxide, and I think some beans and some chicken and like chocolate ice cream. And I'm just starting to smell this thing. And I'm like, I'm quite sure that I don't produce this kind of smell. And so it must be the person who was sitting right next to me. And I'm not sure if he thought like, oh, this would be a great anniversary present. I'm not sure what he was thinking, but he decided to drop this gift for me. And so at that point, I'm sitting in the car and I'm like really trying my best to survive. I feel very trapped. I feel like I'm in a box of a very strong smell. And um, at that point, I felt like I only had two choices. You know, one is that I stay in the car and I just continue to coexist with this odor. And the other one is that uh, I unlock the car and I open the door and somehow, um, you know, I guess the car alarm would go off. And so I kind of hesitated. I sat in the car and I was, you know, praying really hard, like maybe the smell is actually going to dissipate. Maybe it's actually going to go away. God, Lord, like, please make this go away. But I was actually starting to feel a little bit nauseous. And so at that point, I just thought, you know what? What the heck? I opened the door and off went the alarm. And on that day, you know, I, I got some very strange looks. I think people were thinking like, um, did somebody just break into this car or does, is this like some driver who just has no idea what she's doing? I'm not sure. But honestly, at the end, I was like, for that breath of fresh air, it was worth it. And, um, and why am I sharing that story with you today? You know, the reason is because maybe like me, you've had that experience of feeling trapped or boxed in. And hopefully your story doesn't involve some human gas. And, and maybe, you know, it's something that you felt. You felt boxed in physically or emotionally or spiritually. Well, today, the story we're looking at has a lot to do with a group of people who felt very boxed in with feeling like they had no place to go. And it's from the book of Exodus in chapter 14. And let's read it together. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. You see, what's happening in the story? 
For 430 years, the Israelites had been living in Egypt as slaves. And the Egyptian king had made their lives very, very miserable and with just very hard bondage. And so the Israelites, they cried out to God and they were like, God, please help us. We can't take this anymore. And God answered them. God heard their prayers and God answered them. And so God, what he did was he raised up a leader by the name of Moses. And eventually Moses would lead the Israelites from the land of Egypt out of slavery into the promised land of Canaan. And you see, this process of deliverance didn't happen overnight. In fact, it was through a very persistent like, um, process of trying to convince Pharaoh to let his people go. And there was a series of 10 plagues. And it wasn't until the very last 10th plague that Pharaoh said, fine, you guys want to go? Just go. But within a few hours, you see, Pharaoh, he turned around and he was like, my goodness, what have I just done? And this is what the Bible says. He goes, what have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he got his chariots ready. He took his army with him and he went after the Israelites. And so here we are, the Israelites, they're, you know, they're, they're running for their life and they're being chased by the Egyptians behind them. They've got mountains on their right and on their left and they're facing the Red Sea that looks impossible to pass in front of them. And they're literally boxed in and they feel completely trapped. And so they go to Moses and they're like, Moses, what have you done to us? Why did you bring us here to die in the wilderness? Weren't there enough graves for us in Egypt? Why did you make us leave Egypt? Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still in Egypt? We said, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. It's better to be a slave in Egypt than to be a corpse in the wilderness. And you see, this is the place where our story begins today. The Israelites, they're boxed in and they are scared. They don't know where to go, and they don't know how to go forward. You know, how about you? Maybe right now, during the season of COVID-19, you feel a little bit like that. You know, you feel like you have to stay home. And not only do you have to stay home and work, you have to stay home with the kids. And now you're trying to homeschool and work at the same time. And maybe you're feeling pretty trapped and you're feeling very boxed in. Or, you know, maybe you're in a place in your future where things are kind of on hold and uh, you had some plans that, um, that you thought were kind of moving along, but now everything is on hold and you feel very trapped. Or maybe it's with regards to your health or the health of someone that you love. Maybe you've, you know, you've been trying to do everything to make changes, but it just seems like there's no progress and you feel boxed in. You feel boxed in by worry. You feel boxed in by anxiety. You feel stressed and there's probably some negativity. There's hopelessness in your life of just what might happen to your future. You know, if you find yourself in any of these situations, then this message is for you. It's because today we're talking about what to do when you have nowhere to go but forward. You know, today I want to share with you five things that I'm learning from the story of the Israelites crossing the Red Sea. And it's, about, it's a story about how to move forward when you don't know what to do. And I'm going to give you five things to the acrostic, and this word is trust, T-R-U-S-T. Are you guys ready? You know, point number one, T. T stands for take what is in your hand and use it. So you see, when Moses was stuck and he didn't know how to move forward, this is what God said to him. In Exodus 14 to 15, uh, chapter 14, 15 to 16, 
And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward, but lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. What is the lesson that we learn here about moving forward? It's take what is in your hand and use it. You know, I have to admit that uh, when I read this part of the story, I can't help but wonder, you know, why did God have to do that? I mean, God is God. He could do anything he wanted to bring these people from one end of the sea to the other. I mean, God could have easily teletransported these people so they didn't even have to touch water. Or I don't know, God could have like sent, you know, lifeboats from heaven and they would go through like the river or they would go through the sea on on boats. And, uh, and I always had this question of like, God, like, of all the things that you could choose, why did you choose to use Moses? And why did you choose to use his rod? And here's what I think. You see, I think it's true. God could have delivered the Israelites in whatever way he wanted, but he chose to use Moses' rod. And this is the thing, the rod that Moses had, it actually was a very ordinary rod that he used probably when he was shepherding the flock. And it was so ordinary, and it probably had absolutely no magic. But I believe that God wanted to use Moses' rod that day to teach him a lesson of using what is in his hand to display God's glory and God's power. And in the same way, when you and I are boxed in and we feel like there's nowhere to go, I believe that God wants us to take what is in our hand, the very things that he has given us, and use it to move forward. You know, recently I came across a story, and it's about the author of Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling's. And, um, you know, before J.K. Rowling's actually became the world's richest author, her life was actually in complete shambles. You see, in a span of seven years, Rowling had lost her mom. She was married. uh, she, She had lost her mom to multiple sclerosis. She went through a miscarriage. She divorced her husband, whom she was married to for one year. She was jobless, and she actually lived off of welfare benefits to care for her five-month-old daughter. And these events actually led Rowling to a state of depression and on the verge of suicide. And in her own words, she says that she had failed on an epic scale and that her life had hit bottom. But it was also in this time of despair that she was forced to make a choice. You know, she could either believe what the society says about her, which is that she is a failure, or she could move forward with something that she had in her hand and use it. And for J.K. Rowling, that something was a computer. It was an ordinary computer. Rowling had always had an interest in writing, but she actually didn't have much experience in writing fiction. And in fact, she worked as a researcher and a bilingual secretary in Amnesty International, but that was about it. That was her job experience. And when her life hit rock bottom, there was one time she was on the train and she decided to take the thing that was on her hand, the ordinary computer that was on her hand, and start typing. And the fact is, success actually didn't come right away. In fact, she faced a lot of rejections from publishers before Harry Potter was actually a success. But she didn't give up, and she just continued to write. And eventually, Harry Potter books were so well-received that she actually became the world's first billionaire author, according to Forbes magazine. You know, why am I telling telling you that story? And it's because, like Rowling, today maybe you feel like you've hit rock bottom. Maybe you feel like there is an impassable Red Sea that is in front of you. Maybe it's your career, or maybe it's your marriage, maybe it's your family, maybe it's a relationship, or just something that is beyond your control. Here's my question for you. What is one thing God has placed in your hand 
maybe something you've taken for granted that you can use in this situation to help you move forward. The fact is, I believe that God has given each and every one of us gifts and talents that he wants us to use to, to move forward in our lives. Maybe it's a passion that you have forgotten about, or maybe it's a skill or a talent that you haven't used for a very long time, or maybe it's a person that uh, you know, you've neglected to keep in touch with. Whatever it is, I believe that when you're in a place where you've hit rock bottom, look at what is in your hand and use it. Because I believe that whatever is in your hand, whatever you think is worth not much or very ordinary, with God, it can become something so extraordinary and help you move forward. And if you believe that, say amen. 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 Point number two. Point number two is R. You know, when you feel like you have nowhere to go, reflect God's glory. R for reflect God's glory. You know, when the Israelites realized that they were boxed in, they responded with tremendous, tremendous fear. In fact, their fear was so overwhelming that, and so all-consuming that they had completely forgotten about God's power, God's strength, and what God had done to provide for their needs. You know, in, in fact, it was just about three days ago that God led them out of Egypt and saved them from the last, last plague. And they had completely forgotten about all of it because they were so consumed with, how are we going to live? And maybe you've been in a place like that. You know, for so many of us, especially during the season of COVID-19, you know, so much of what we're concerned about is, how am I going to not get this virus? You know, maybe we're like washing our hands all the time and spraying like disinfectants on everything and anything that our hands are touching. Maybe we're checking the news all the time. And, um, and we're just so concerned about how am I not going to get this virus? How am I going to survive the season? When's it going to be over? I have a question. It's that in this situation, in this season, could it be that God is actually more interested in the person that you are becoming more than what disease or what virus you might get? Exodus 14, 17 to 18, it says, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots and his horsemen. Now, I want you to go back, and I want you to circle those words. It's that gain glory. I want you to go back and circle gain glory in 17 and gain glory in 18. Because what is the lesson here? It's that in a time of crisis, instead of asking, how am I going to survive? Or what do I do? When is this ever going to be over? I think the question that maybe God wants us to ask is, how can I give God glory in this season through these circumstances. You know, I remember when the, first, when the government first announced that, uh, you know, um, that we were gonna be in, in a lockdown and uh, that everybody was to stay home and that the children were not going back to school after spring break, I panicked. It was a little bit of a scary thought. And it's not because I don't love my children. I love my children so much. But it was because I just could not imagine having two boys, two young boys, in our home 24-7. You see, we have a 21-month-old um, boy, and he's just starting to get really active. He loves going on his balance bike, and he loves to go out. He could be outside for like three hours for, you know, in a morning. And I've also got like an eight-year-old. And just like any other eight-year-old, he is, a, you know, he's an active boy, and he has a lot of energy that he needs to expend. And so just the thought of like, 
what am I gonna do with these boys at home every single day? And to top it all off, I remember the day before um, the kids were supposed to return to school, I get this email from his school, my son Bradley's school. And in this email, it was really long. It was all these technical things about how do you log into your son's mailbox? And uh, you know, how do you help him sign on to Google Meet? And uh, this is his password, and this is what you do. And it also came with like a very long three-page list of assignments that were going to be due next week. And so all of a sudden, I felt like you know I had gone from I don't know the like a, being a co-CEO of my household to now being like an office assistant to my eight-year-old son. And so this is without exaggeration, kind of what our day looks like. Bradley wakes up at 7.30, and uh, I'll be like, Bradley, here's your breakfast. You have you know, two over-easy eggs with a side of salmon and the pancakes that you have requested. Um, and I just want to go over your schedule with you today. So at 9 o'clock, you have homeroom until 9.30. Oh, and just to let you know, don't forget about your drama assignment that's actually due tomorrow. And uh, you want to work on that because at 10.20 to 10.50, you have um, a language arts class that you need to sign on to. Oh, and of course, yes, you definitely need to go out and have a break. And so at 10.50, you can feel free to go take a break outside, run around, but make sure you come back because, you know, we got to practice some piano and we're going to have lunch. Oh, and don't forget, this afternoon at 1.30, um, I just want to check this with you, okay? At 1.30, your principal wrote and said that he would like to have a live stream session because he's planning to take the salmon uh, that have been growing in your classroom to Spanish banks to let them go free. And so we want to make sure that we check in for that, okay? Like, does this schedule sound good to you? And you know, like, honestly, I think uh, the only exaggeration was like maybe Bradley Sir, but the rest of his day, like, really kind of looks like that. And it's just kind of, uh, you know, the life that we've been living right now. And I'm really thankful. Honestly, I'm really thankful for Bradley School, who's been very on top of this homeschooling routine. Um, and, uh, and, and here's the thing, you know, I remember um, for the first two weeks, I was actually feeling quite stressed. Um, it was just a lot of details, a lot of technical different, like, diff different things that I was trying to, you know, handle. And at the same time, I'm trying to take care of, like, my little one. And it was just really getting quite overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like, um, you know, when I get stressed or when I get overwhelmed, it's, it's that, um, you know, I, I, I get more irritable because I'm not getting enough sleep. And it's just kind of seeping through um, the things that I do. And so at the end of two weeks, I just felt like, you know what, something's really got to change because uh, it does not look like the COVID-19 situation is changing anytime soon. And so I think I need to change. And that was when I was, when I was reminded of a verse in the Bible from 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And, you know, it's this idea that whatever it is that we do, whether it's eating or drinking or being an office assistant to your children, whatever it is that you do, that we need to do it for the glory of God. And so I started to really change the way that I look at the situation. Instead of being so focused on, like, what do we need to get done? What are the things? What are the assignments? When are the due dates? You know, I started thinking about how do we give God glory during this time? And so, um, so we started something in our home. We restarted something in our home called family, family worship. You know, for quite a few years, um, ever since Bradley started to be able to read, we kind of let him do his own game time. And Pastor JB would do his own game time. I would do my own. And I would just kind of read a story to Caleb and do his game time with him. But we would all do it separately. And I just thought, you know what? Like, since we're all home, why don't we just start doing game time together as a family again? 
And so that's what we did. We start the day by glorifying God, by praising him and worshiping him. And uh, it was, it's a super simple routine. What we do, Pastor JB would pick up his guitar and he would just play a song and we would just sing a kid's worship song. And it's become so much of a routine now that uh, Caleb knows exactly what comes next. So he'll actually go to the table, he'll grab the kid's Bible and he will hand it to Guga, which is what he calls Bradley. And uh, Bradley will read a story from the Bible, and I would just ask the kids, like, what are some things that we can learn? And we close off with prayer. And so that was one thing that we did um, that, you know, we thought this is one way that we can give God glory during the season. And it's something that we look forward to every single day now. And, um, you know, something else that I thought about was, you know, what are some ways that I can change um, in how I interact with the children? Instead of being just about, like, assignments and homework and doing all these things, like, our God is a God of fun, a God of love. And I believe that we give Him glory when we are actually having fun with our kids. And so one thing that I infused into our day-to-day is that we must go out. We must go out. And uh, it's just in our neighborhood. It's maybe just with a bike. Um, And sometimes, actually, almost every night what Bradley and I do is that we actually go out for a walk and we just go for a walk in our neighborhood and I love it because he actually lets me hold his hand right now and um, and you know we would just walk around and we would talk about anything and everything and uh, that's another way like just uh, just me really believing that when when we show God's love in the way that we interact with them we're giving God glory and, uh, you know, another thing that we, we do, like, the fact is we're not a perfect family. In fact, we're, like, broken, like every other family. And there will be times when we wrong one another, and there will be times when we step on each other's toes. And one of the ways that we give God glory during the season is just in how we handle each other's emotions. You know, when we wrong another person, we go up to the person and we say, you know, will you please forgive me? And uh, we ask for apology, and, um, and that's another way that we give God glory. And, you know, I think, um, I believe that when we shift our perspective from looking at our problem to looking at how we can give God glory, you know, instead of asking, how am I going to survive, but instead asking, God, how can I give you glory, what it does is that it expands our vision, It completely expands our vision. And we go from being very defensive to now being proactive. We go from being a victim to now being an overcomer of our situation. And we're able to move forward. And if you're in front of the computer or the iPad or the iPhone, I want you to type in, reflect God's glory. Point number three, you. You know, you stands for usher in God's presence. That's the third thing that I believe we need to learn when we don't know how to go forward is that we need to learn to usher in God's presence. You see, throughout the entire journey with the Israelites, there's one thing that never left them, and it was the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire. Let us take a look at Exodus verse 19, or chapter 14, verse 19 to 20. It says, Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them. Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side. So neither went near the other all night long. Now, if you're wondering, like, who is this angel of God who went before the Israel's army and moved behind them? It's actually God's presence. And we know that from actually just the chapter before. See, in Exodus 13, 21 to 22, it says, By day, the Lord 
went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. It was the Lord who went ahead of them and behind them so they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of cloud nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. I believe that one of the reasons why the Israelites could make it through the wilderness and make it through the Red Sea is because they always, always had God's presence with them. During the day, God's presence was manifested as a cloud that almost became a shade for them against the scorching sun. And at night, it was the pillar of fire. God's presence manifested itself in a pillar of fire, which I believe was to give them light and also to provide warmth as they traveled. And it was the fact that God's presence never left them that they were able to make it through the Red Sea. In the same way, the same God who led the Israelites as a pillar of cloud and as a pillar of fire is the same God today. And he might not show his presence in the same way. Like you're not gonna go outside, open your door and be like, oh, there's all of a sudden a cloud over my head or there's a ring of fire. It's probably not gonna be that way. But the fact is God's presence is always going to be there. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. And you know what? The thing is, God's presence is actually not some abstract concept. It is actually a very tangible, a very real, and a very um, personal thing that you can experience. And if you're someone who worries a lot or you have lots of anxieties, maybe you're going through like a time of depression and you've, you're you know, battling with negativity or hopelessness, then can I share something with you about how to usher in the presence of God? It's just something that I do in my life. You see, something that I do that I find very, very helpful to usher in the presence of God is actually to just worship, um, listening to worship music and praying. And I do that a lot. I do that when I'm driving. I would play, you know, worship music when I'm driving. I do that when I am sitting in front of my computer and journaling, and I would just play worship music. Or I do that when um, sometimes I feel like I just need some space. I take my phone, I put in my earbuds, and I just walk while listening to worship music and praying. And this is the thing, is that for me, God has never failed to meet me and to fill me with his presence every time I drew near to him. And it's really not abstract. And for me personally, it's something where I actually feel it the most in my hands. You know, whenever I feel the presence of God, it's like I've got this weight all of a sudden in my hands that are just kind of weighing it down. And other times it might be like a tingly feeling that just kind of goes down, you know, my arm. And um, other times it might be like a verse, like as I'm praying, as I'm worshiping, all of a sudden like there's a verse or there's a word or there's a picture that comes to mind. And it happens to be like another perspective that I hadn't thought about before, or maybe it's a problem to, a, a, a pro like a, a solution to a problem that I was facing. Or, um, or other times it's actually just a feeling. It's a feeling in my heart. It's this warm feeling of love, of peace, and of joy, and of hope in my heart. And, um, and the fact is, it's going to be different for every single person. But one thing I do know is that whenever I usher in the presence of God into my life, especially in a time of hardship, I usually walk away with it walk away from it with a regained hope and a new perspective on my problem, and it helps me to move forward. You know, the Bible says in James 4, 8, come near to God and he will come near to you. If you have never experienced the presence of God in your life, or you want more of the presence of God in your life, then 
like, I, I encourage you to draw near to God because I know that he will draw near to you. And if you're not really sure how to do that, then can I invite you to come to our prayer meetings? Because actually our church currently is meeting on Zoom on Tuesday nights at 8.30. And it's such an awesome time when we can just worship and we can pray and we can just invite the presence of God to fill us. And, um, and I believe that when you choose to go near to God is that like the Israelites, you will experience him as your guide and your guard, as your help and your hope, and your shepherd and your shield. And if you believe that, then say amen. Amen. Point number four. Point number four. S stands for step forward in faith. See, the, the fourth thing that you can do when you feel like you have no place to go is to just take a step forward in faith. Exodus 14, 21 to 22, it says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Just in case you're thinking that this Red Sea is some very shallow water, it's actually not. You know, some people are like, oh, the Red Sea? Like, I bet it's just some very shallow water that maybe, you know, during low tide, you can actually walk through on mud. See, that's not the case because over the last few decades, archaeologists have actually been able to pinpoint the exact location of where the Israelites crossed in the Red Sea. And and, and it's over 1,200 miles long in places, and it's over a mile deep in, like, it, it's a big sea. And it's, it's for that reason, it's not called the Red Pond. It's not called the Red Lake. It's not called the Red River. It's called the Red Sea. And, you know, when the Israelites were first confronted with this large sea and how they were completely boxed in, they were really, really scared. And when the Red Sea rolled back, they really only had two choices. See, they had one choice. The first choice is that they could stay where they are and they would probably be killed by the Egyptians or the best scenario would, that be, uh, would be that they become slaves again. You know, the second choice that they had was to step forward in faith and just trust that somehow God was going to make a way through the Red Sea without drowning. And they chose the latter. Hebrews 11.29, it says, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. It was by faith that, that they passed through. What about you? You know, what is that one step of faith that God wants you to do, what, that God wants you to take in your situation right now? You know, there's a Christian preacher by the name of Charles Henry McIntosh, and he believes that the Red Sea actually did not divide throughout all at once, but that it opened progressively as the Israelites moved forward. So they needed to trust God with every new step that they took. And this is what Macintosh wrote. He says, God never gives guidance for two steps at a time. I must take one step and then get light for the next. This keeps the heart in abiding dependence upon God. You know, what is the thing that we learn here? Like even with the Israelites, they didn't have binoculars. They didn't have binoculars that allowed them to see the other end of shore. They didn't have binoculars to see, you know, the, the promised land. And so the only thing that they could really do was take a step of faith. And for me, I know that this has happened over and over again. It's where when it's only when I take that one step of faith, that first step of faith, that God kind of opens up the way and shows me the next step. And I keep going in steps of faith. Um, and that's what I encourage you to do. You know, when you feel like you're in a place where you don't know where to go and there's no way, just take one step of faith and go forward. 
Matthew 6, 34, it says, so don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of your tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. So if you feel that you are boxed in by your problems, by hardships, you're in a crisis, then I'm just, I'm just gonna invite you to give your worries to God and just take that one baby step of faith. And I believe that God will lead the rest of the way. You know, point number five, and I'm gonna close. And this is not something that I usually do. You know, I usually don't make the last word of the acrostic, the actual acrostic. But the fact is that I could not think of a better way to express this last point. And so here it goes. T stands for trust that God will make a way. Here's the thing, you know, so much of the story of Exodus is not about Moses and the Israelites or anything that they did out of the ordinary, but it was simply trusting God to work on their behalf. Moses didn't send the 10 plagues, and it was God who did. And Moses didn't part the Red Sea. It was actually God who did. You know, are you in a situation where you don't know how to move forward? Can I invite you to trust that God will make a way? You know, maybe you're in a situation right now where you feel boxed in. Maybe it's your work and uh, it's like no matter how hard you try, things just don't seem to be changing. And maybe it's a promotion that you've been waiting for and it's just not happening. Or maybe it's in your marriage um, or in a relationship. And it's that no matter what you do, it doesn't seem like it's moving forward and you feel very boxed in. Or maybe it's your health. You feel like you've tried everything and that no matter what you do, there's just no improvement and no progress and you feel boxed in. Can I encourage you to trust God that he will make a way? And why am I so confident? Why am I so confident that God will make a way? You see, it's because when we had a much bigger problem and the problem was that we were boxed in by sin and we were destined to die, God made a way for us. God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us so that we could have a way to God, so that we could have a relationship with God, so we could have eternal life. And if God can do that, there is nothing that he cannot do. You know, there is no Red Sea that you will ever face in this life that is going to be greater than God's sea of love, his sea of grace, and his sea of mercy. And so if you find yourself in a place today where you feel like you are boxed in and you just don't know how to go forward, then I encourage you to trust. T stands for take what is in your hand and use it. R stands for reflect God's glory through your circumstances. U stands for usher in God's presence so that he can lead you. S stands for step forward in faith. And last but not least, trust that God will make a way. You know, right now, we just want to give an opportunity um, for, for everyone to just be able to respond to this message. And I believe that God's word is not just meant for us to be informed, but it's actually meant to transform us. And it's with that in mind that I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and we're going to pray together. You know, if you are here and you realize today that you need God's forgiveness for a sin in your life, I'm here to let you know that God loves you with an unconditional, unchanging unfailing and unlimited love, so much so that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, on the, on the cross to die for you. And if you are here and you realize that you need that forgiveness, maybe it's for something that you did last night. Maybe it's for something that you said this morning, whatever it is. Maybe it's a whole history of stuff that you've been carrying. Well, God makes his forgiveness available to us through Jesus Christ and through his death on the cross. And again, you know, God's forgiveness is actually not something that we can earn, but it's a gift. It's a gift that we receive 
simply because He loves us. And if you realize that you need that forgiveness today, then what I'm going to ask you to do is you can raise your hand in the room that you're in, or you can click the raise your hand button that's in the chat room. And I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross to pay for my sins. And you rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you to please come into my life. Forgive my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer, then according to the Bible, you are forgiven for your sins and you are a child of God. You are a citizen of heaven. And we want to encourage you in this new relationship with God um, in, with a special gift that we want to give to you. So if you can text the word believe and send it to 604-285-5770, or you can go to mythrive.info and press the button, I received Jesus. And, uh, or, you know, if you clicked raise my hand and just respond, if you prayed a prayer like that and raised your hand just now, then we'd love to connect with you because congratulations, you know, it's, it's such an amazing gift and we want to celebrate that with you. Right now, I want to pray for a second group of people. And it's those of you who feel stuck, who feel like you are boxed in and you feel like there is nowhere to go. I want to pray for you. If you find yourself in a situation where you feel stuck, maybe it's emotionally or physically or spiritually, or that it's about your finances or your health or the health of someone that you love, and or a very challenging situation where you're just not able to move forward, then we want to give you an opportunity to be prayed for. And uh, so I'm just going to invite you. Why don't you lift your hands from where you're sitting and from your heart, just start talking to God in your own words. And we're just going to pray and we're just going to ask God to come and help us. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you that you're a God who parts the Red Sea, that you're a God who makes a way that when there is no way. And so I lift up every one of my brothers and sisters, and I pray that you would fill them today with your hope, that you would fill them today once again with your strength and your power to help them know that you will make a way. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We give you praise. And I ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Dear Jesus, I thank you that you love me and that you know my every need. Today, I lift up my situation into your hands and ask that you would make a way for me. I pray that you would take what is in my hand and use it to help me move forward, that I would reflect your glory even during this difficult season, that I would usher in your presence so that you can lead me and guide me, that I would step forward in faith and follow your leading and trust that you will make a way for me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Let's give, a God, let's give our God a big hand in this place. Praise God. I'm just gonna invite Marcy to come back up and uh, to lead us in a song right now. But he brought me in all his love 
together here on this very special Mother's Day edition of Thrive Church Online. As we close off our service, a couple of things we're going to do. The first is if you call Thrive Church your home church or you just believe in the work that God is doing here, it's time to give our faithful tithes, our generous offerings, knowing that when we seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And so let's give to God first, knowing that not only does he add everything we need, but he also builds this church through us as well. So let's sow into the kingdom of God, knowing that the best is yet to come. Let me go to, I invite you to go to mythrive.info if you're wanting where to give. Go to mythrive.info and there you got all that you need to give online. Thank you so much in advance for giving and investing in and equipping our church for the mission it has in our city and around the world. And lastly, we just want to pray for you before we hand the time back to Kathy, our online host. Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much that nothing compares to your love and your power in our lives. We thank you so much for every single person who's watching the service today. We say thank you that you know the plans you have for them, plans to prosper them and not to harm them, plans to give them hope and a future. And God, we just pray all of your blessing, your protection, your peace, joy, wisdom, strength, comfort, healing, and your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you and we give you praise. Thank you, God, that when we don't know where to go, we've got a way of moving forward when we trust in you. We give you praise. We give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. One more time, let's give God a big hand, a big shout, let's play together. Let's thank God for an amazing Sunday together. We're going to finish things off right here. Thank you so much for joining us for Thrive Church Online. Another huge happy Mother's Day to all of our moms in this place today. We're going to take it back to our online host, Kathy. Have an amazing rest of your day. We love you guys. Praise God. The best is yet to come. And we can't wait to see you once again here at Thrive Church Online. Have a great day, everybody. Love you guys. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you, Pastor Shaw, for the powerful message. Before I let you guys go, I have a few announcements. If it's your first time here, you are VIP, so text NEW to 604-285-5770 and we will mail you your very own Thrive Stainless Steel water bottle. And if you receive Jesus Christ into your life today, congratulations! We have a gift package that we'll mail to you as well as a series of videos that will help you get started and to answer some questions that you may have. 
Zoom prayer meetings are now happening every Tuesday at 8.30 p.m. So join us for a time of worship and prayer. The Zoom meeting link will be available every Tuesday on our Thrive Instagram and Facebook page. Small group is the perfect opportunity for us to get connected. So we meet regularly online to encourage and share with one another. So sign up on MyFrag.info. So that's it for this week. Thank you all for watching. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings. And we'll see you all next week for Thrive Church Online. Bye!